Awesome. God bless you. Welcome to the house of the Lord at our Paramount uh, location. We meet here every Sunday at 10 a.m. and at 12.30. So if you're visiting for the first time, we welcome you uh, to keep coming back and see what God is doing in our midst. Amen? Well, we're excited today. We're going to continue in our series that we've been doing for the month of May, where actually Pastor Kenny and I were in the middle of teaching a four-week series entitled From Pain to Prayer. From pain to prayer. And before we get into the teaching, I do want to do something special. We've been doing at all our campuses. And we've been hearing testimonies. We've been praying for those that have, actually have physical pain in their bodies. And we've been praying that that pain leave their bodies. And we've heard multiple testimonies. Uh, even last night, we were praying for people. And we shared how uh, God healed one of the mothers in the church at our Long Beach campus who had pain. Uh, in her back for three years, it left instantly. We had another person who's one of our um, uh, Christian counselors at our Carson campus. When we prayed in that service, instantly the arthritis that was his hand that the, in his hands that the doctor said could not be healed, it left instantly. And so we serve a God that heals instantly. And I only share a couple of testimonies just to encourage you that God still heals today. And uh, if you are in pain, I just want you to take a step of faith as we pray together uh, for you. And I want to invite you to just take out your right hand and place it over that area of your body that's in pain, whether that's a tooth pain, a headache, a backache, wherever that pain is, and we're just going to believe. Amen? We're going to believe. So right now, we come against pain, and pain we call you by name, and we command you right now in the authority of the Word of God and in the power in the name of Jesus to leave their body now. We command you to take an exit and get out. We call you a trespasser and evict you from their bodies right now in Jesus' name. Be gone. And Father, we thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your hand of healing and ask that you perfect your healing in their body even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Well, we want to invite you at this time to open up your Bibles to the book of First Chronicles, chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version, but any version works. It's the same. We ask you also, if you uh, have your physical Bible, to pull it out. If you don't have one, we have one for you. We give them to you for free. We want to equip you. We want to make sure you have God's Word at all times. What we've been learning in this series over the last couple of weeks is that God can give us hope in the midst of our pain. And not only can God give us hope in the midst of our pain, but he can actually turn our pain into prayer. And through prayer, we can experience God's purpose for our life. Amen? Amen. God gives us a purpose. I like to say often that he's created us on purpose and for a purpose. And we see this um, purpose that God's given to us, which is ultimately to bring glory to him. To bring glory to him. But God gives us hope, and he's been giving us hope throughout these last couple of weeks. And he actually is referred to as the God of hope. Now, I want to remind you as we prepare to dig into the word of God, that in Romans 15, 13, Apostle Paul says this. He says, now, may the God of hope... Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope <clears throat> by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see this hope unfold in the life of Jabez. And we've got the foundational verse up there. <clears throat> Follow along in the Bible in your word because I always like to um, invite you, if you um, have it with you, to highlight and underline and make some notes. I love to draw pictures on the side of my Bible because it actually helps me to remember the passages. I, ju I just got to say this. When we engage multiple senses, our, our touch, which is our hand, you know, we read it, we study it, it just 
it just goes deeper inside of us. That's how we were created. That's the humanity of us. So let's read together <clears throat> in First Chronicles 4, beginning in verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, and this is what he said. He said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. He says, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Amen. And what did God do? Pastor Raymond, what did God do after this prayer? He what? Granted his request. I don't, I don't want to pass through that phrase right there. I want us to see what God did in response to his prayer. He heard him out. There were four bold prayer requests that Jabez had. And when Jabez was done, God heard and God answered. The Bible says he granted his request. We taught in week one and two about this man named Jabez, whose name literally meant pain. He had to carry this pain, and it was his pain that eventually prompted him to pray. And I want to just remind us of these four prayer requests that Jabez had. The first was, oh, that you would bless me. The second was, enlarge my territory. Thirdly, he said, let your hand be with me. And then finally, he asked, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. In week one, we saw that it was God's nature and is God's nature to bless his people. But what I wanted us to understand from that prayer is that it's critical to know the why behind the blessing and our motive for the asking. It's critical to our prayer requests. The second week, we saw that having a desire for more was a desire placed inside of us by God himself. But it's important for us to understand the purpose for wanting more. It was to want more of God and more for God in the territory of our heart, our influence, and our land. And today, in week three, we'll be looking at the third prayer request. And I want us to say prayer request number three. Say number three. Let your hand be with me. That was the third prayer request of Jabez. I want us to see in this prayer that Jabez knew he needed God. He needed God to be present and active in every single moment of his day. He was confident in God alone. And I want us to see this, that Jabez was the exact opposite of a self-confident person. I want us to catch this because the world promotes self-confidence. But did you know that that is not in the Bible? As a matter of fact, self-confidence is a trick of the devil. I want to show us that the Bible links self-confidence and foolishness together. In Proverbs 14, 16, it says that a wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. He who leans on, trusts in, and is confident of his own mind and heart is a self-confident fool. Go from the presence of a foolish and self-confident man, for you will not find knowledge on his lips. There are so many more 
that speaks of this. But I want us to understand that as people of God, we were never called to be self-confident. We were called to be God-confident. Did you catch that? We were never called to be self-confident. I know it sounds good. I know that the world throws that word at us that we're supposed to somehow rev up this self-confident attitude, this go-get-em attitude and conquer. But let me tell you that self-confidence is not for us. That's why many people suffer with insecurity because they're so busy trying to be secure within themselves. God did not call us to be secure nor confident in ourselves. It is only to be confident in God. And Jabez admits, as every human should, that his own skills, his own power, his own abilities are inadequate and insufficient. So what does he do? He cries out to God and he says, let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with me be with me. Now, I want us to understand the picture of this hand because a hand is an instrument that a person uses to carry out his or her intention, plan, or purpose. But when the Bible expresses the phrase hand of God, it's referring to God's great power to accomplish his intention, his plan, and his purpose for our life. That's what the hand of God is. It is powerful. And we read this in many scriptures throughout the Bible. In Exodus 15, 6, we see your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Joshua 4.24 says that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. And there's another one. Psalm 89.13. You have a mighty arm, strong is your hand. So the hand of God is strong, it is mighty, it is powerful. That's the hand of God. And Jabez's prayer that God's hand be with him was actually a prayer that he needed God's power. It was an acknowledgement that he needed the power of God in his life. And there's, the, the Bible shows that the, the hand of God moves in multiple ways. It's, it's multifunctional. His hand moves in many ways. And I want to share today just three of those ways that God's hand moves in the lives of his people. Just three out of the many. And the first one is this, that God's hand delivers. I want you to catch that and say it with me. God's hand delivers. Say it like you mean it. Could you slow down a little bit? One more time. Good. I hope you believe it. And we're going to understand how and why God's hand delivers. I want us to see that many times throughout the Bible, many, many times, God's hand delivered his people specifically from bondage, from oppression, from captivity, from prison. God's hand did that over and over again. But I want us to focus on Exodus 13.3. Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. I want us to see that it was the strength of the hand of the Lord that brought them out. It wasn't the hand of the people. It wasn't their own skills or abilities or ingenuity. Had nothing to do with that. As a matter of fact, when God came to their help in that time, they were already at their wit's end. They were being oppressed with the harsh labor of the Egyptians. They were given tasks that they could not bear and it was crushing them. They couldn't go on anymore, and they didn't know what else to do but to cry and to groan. And God heard their cry. You know what he did? 
He stretched forth his arm and he delivered them. And Moses was reminding them as he's reminding us today through the word, lest we forget that it's always, ha that it's always been God's hand that has delivered you and I. Many times it's easy to forget because a day goes by, a week goes by, a year goes by, and we tend to, to begin to walk in our own confidence. We begin to think that it was us, that it was our idea or our strength that pulled us out of that crazy situation. And we get to a point where we forget all about it. And all we can focus on is right now. And we forget that what God did before, he said he can do again. And so, and so God's reminding us, he says, don't you know what I did for my people back in Egypt? Don't you know what I did for them? Don't you know what I was able to do when I stood before Pharaoh through this man named Moses that I did for, for them? I can do it for you. He says, but, but I've given you a tool, I've given you a weapon that I expect you to use and I won't use that one for you. And you know what that is? Pray. Pray. Chapel of Change, we're a people who pray. And we don't just pray because God says to. We pray because we need to. We pray because we need God's hand to move upon us. We pray like the psalmist did in 144 that says, God, reach down from heaven and rescue me and deliver me from these mighty watchers. That's what, that's what the psalmist did, and that's what we are taught over and over again, to pray, but to pray fervently. Pray and to pray without ceasing. Whatever we do, pray and ask God to deliver us. Listen, we, we, don't, we don't just pray because it's a spiritual discipline. We don't just pray because we're told to pray. We pray because when we pray, God shows up in power. He shows up in power. And, and, and he's saying to us, he's saying, when you come to me, he's saying, I'm here. I'm here. I'm not gone anywhere. But can I tell you something else? Many times, if we're honest, we don't come to God when we're facing a crazy situation. You know why? Because there's a sense of guilt or shame. Maybe there's something that happened. And the spirit of guilt and the spirit of shame is keeping us in bondage. And we don't even want to look to God. And many times what happens is we don't do what God's asked us to do. Listen, God was giving his people a gentle rebuke. Not because he was putting it in their face, but because he was reminding them. He says, listen. He says, my hand is not shortened that it can't reach you. He's saying, I'm here. And I'm able. He's saying, nor is my ear too heavy that it can't hear. He's saying, but your iniquities have separated you from me. He's saying, I'm here, but there's one thing you lack, and that's repentance. It's the same in the Old, and it's the same in the New Testament. That, that word has never left. One word for many of us is what keeps us from receiving an answer to our prayer. And you know what the root of non-repentance is? Pride. It's pride. That we can handle it in our own strength. That we can handle the matters in our, our own way. And we don't come to God. And we don't humble ourselves before God. And we don't say, God, I was wrong and you are right. Whether it's something that seems small or something that seems big, God says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I know what you're going through. I know you've been going through it. I know that there are some crazy situations that you've been encountering. He goes, I'm here. I don't expect you to rescue yourself. I don't expect you to deliver yourself. Did you know there's nothing wrong with you when you're facing something and you can't find your, your way out of it? God doesn't expect you to find your way out of it. He expects you to come to him. He expects you to come to him. And you know what Jabez, the Bible says, was honorable and he was humble. He knew that he needed the hand of God to strengthen him and to deliver him. To deliver him. Which leads me into the second thing I want us to see that God's hand does. 
Number two, God's hand strengthens us. It strengthened the prophet Elijah, who was a mighty man that God used to confront wickedness in his generation. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 18.46, Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, giving him supernatural strength. I want us to see that God gives his people physical strength, and he also gives us spiritual strength. He strengthens us to carry out his purpose, and he also strengthens us to persevere when we get tired. When we get tired. At some point or another, if we haven't done so already, we reach a place in our life where our strength is utterly exhausted. When all our efforts have left us drained, and it seems that our hope is even dashed. But that's when, that's when the mighty hand of the Lord can come to our rescue. That's when God's hand can come to strengthen us, when we've reached that place. And that's why we don't quit. That's why we don't throw in the towel. That's why we don't stop. That's why, as Pastor Terry tells the men, we can't stop and we won't stop. There's no room in that in our life or in the life of a believer. We can't stop and we won't stop. Apostle Paul reminds us of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. He's saying we, he's speak, speaking to the church, we are hard-pressed on every side. Yes, it's true, but we're not crushed. He's saying we may be perplexed, but we're not in despair. He's saying we may be persecuted, but do you know what? We are not and never will be abandoned. He is saying we may have been struck down, but yes, we are not destroyed. He's saying that to you today. You may have been struck by a fiery dart of the devil, but guess what? You will never be destroyed. Why? Because you are in the grip of God's hand. And God is reminding us that his hand is strong and it can meet us when we are tired. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally tired. God can come and he can rescue us with the strength of his hand. Apostle Paul goes on to remind the church. He says, finally, whatever happens and whatever you do, He's saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, of his might. And Jabez knew that he would need the power of God for strength. I know I do. We all do. But thirdly, I want us to see that Jabez also asked God, and this is what God was able to do and still does for us. God's hand upholds us. God's hand upholds us even when we fall. I remind you, exhibit King David. King David. This was the man that the Bible referred to as a man after God's own heart. This was the young shepherd boy that was passed over, but God said, no, he is the one that I have appointed and anointed. He is the one. I want David. I, I want to tell you that it was this David that fell hard. He fell hard. But one thing that David understood was the power of God's hand to uphold. You see, instead of running from God and utterly turning back from him and doing things his way, he was smart. He came back to God. And eventually, after he was restored, he gave you and I, through the word of God, this strong assurance in the book of Psalm 37, 23, and 24. He said, the steps of a man, a good man, are ordered by the Lord, and he delights 
in his way. Though he fall, he shall not, he shall not, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Even when we fall, we need to understand that the Lord's hand is there to pick us up, to pull us out of the, of the miry pit, to pull us out of the place that we put ourselves in, that his righteous right hand is still there to bring us back up to our rightful position in him. He is still there to uphold us. Always. In every way and in every situation. In every situation. Let me tell you, we all fall short from time to time. No one is exempt. Whether that's an emotional blowout that caused us to sin and anger, we fall short. Whether that was in jealousy and coveting what belongs to someone else, we all fall short. Whether it was something seemingly worse, like King David, adultery and murder, people fall short. But God, someone say, but God. But God, he is still there. He says, when you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. He says, when you come, I will be here. He says, I am here. You know what happens many times is we don't want to answer the door. But guess what? In Revelation, God said, and he's saying to you today, he says, I'm knocking. I'm, I don't know who that is for today, but I'm knocking. That was for the church, the people of God. Not unbelievers, believers. He's saying in Revelation to the church, I'm knocking. I stand at the door. Will you turn the knob? Will you open the door? Will you let me in? Will you do it my way? I'm showing you. I'm telling you the truth. The truth will set you free. He's saying, I am here. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I've come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. I am here. I am here. He says, and I see you. I see you. You're not hidden from my eyes. I see you. He said, like I saw Nathaniel under that tree in the Bible. I see you too. I want us to understand that we serve the God who sees. That's one of his names. We serve a God who is omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. We serve the God who is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere, even right now. He's here. He's here and he sees. We serve the God who is able to answer our prayer. But he's waiting for you to come to him. If you're here today and you're wondering why you haven't received an answer that you've been asking God for. I want to ask you to wait. And let me tell you why. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Maybe you're here today and you find yourself in a weary place. In a wilderness place. A wounded place and you're asking God to help you to strengthen you to deliver you God is here right now and I want to prepare us right now to shift I want us to shift into another realm where God can speak to you in a revelatory way I'm going to ask Edwin if he can join us up here on the keyboard and I'm going to ask Pastor Kenny to come up as well
And I want you to receive. This is a moment for you to receive. And we're going to speak a word over you. We're going to sing over you. And then by God's leading, speak a personal word over you. And as we prepare our hearts, I want us to bow our heads. I want us to bow our heads and bow our hearts. And I want to enter into a moment of reflection and prayer. And I want you with no distractions and no walking around to just receive from God right now. I'm going to release these words over you and turn it over to Pastor Kenny. He's saying to you right now, as you remain in a posture of reflection, he's saying in Isaiah, do not fear anything for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes. Be assured of this. I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, of power, of victory, and of salvation. Hallelujah. From pain to prayer. Father, hear us. From pain to prayer. Even now, Lord, from pain to prayer. Lord, take us from pain to prayer. Father, from pain to prayer. From pain to prayer. Your hand deliver me. Your hand deliver me. Your hand strengthen me. Your hand uphold me from pain to pray. From pain to prayer. Hallelujah. Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. And this word is for Annabelle. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. That I want you to understand that the Lord has not left you helpless. I want you to know that the Lord has not left you helpless. He wants you to know that he is your help, that his hand is there to help you and lead you through all the way, that he has never left you helpless. He is your help, and he is helping you even now in that area that you are asking him for his help. God says, I am your help. Hallelujah. Call to me. Hear the Lord say, call to me. Hear the Lord say, cry out to me. Even now, just call. He says, call to me. Hallelujah. He says that he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Yvonne, God is speaking to you. He's saying that he has always held you together. No matter what crazy, chaotic situations that you have ever faced or will ever face in your life, he holds you and will always hold you together. He holds you in the grip of his hand. Hallelujah. 
from pain to prayer, move from pain to prayer, deliver me, Lord. Look at your prayer. Deliver me. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The Lord always wins his battles. Amy, I want you to stand. Amy, listen, you have been fighting some strong battles, but the battle belongs to the Lord. He's saying that he sees your children. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's saying that he goes before you and around you, and he is fighting for you, and he is fighting with you. And he's saying that whom God has placed in his hands, no one, not even Satan, can snatch away. Hallelujah. Let's pray. The mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God strengthen me. The mighty hand of God strengthen me. For the Lord God of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Who? No one can. Pastor Rene, God says his hand is stretched out towards you. He has anointed you and appointed you to lead his people, to lead his people. He has anointed you to lead his people. He's saying that no man can null or void his purpose that he has placed in your life. And because he has anointed you, he will be with you to carry out his purpose for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing. Let's continue in this atmosphere of worship and receiving. The mighty hand of God uphold me. The mighty hand of God uphold me from pain to prayer. Sing it with me from pain to prayer. From pain to prayer, we move from pain to prayer. From pain to prayer, there's healing there. From pain to prayer, go ahead and cry out to the Lord. Yes, yes, sing to the Lord. From pain to prayer. From pain to prayer, I cry out to you. Hallelujah. I want to call Brian Castillo, who's in the lobby. I want you to come up to the front. If you can come up to the front, brother. I want you to understand, says the Lord, that he honors humility. He honors humility. He has seen your humility. He has seen you persevere. He has seen you labor. He has seen you do all this with a humble heart. And the Bible says that when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt us in due time. And the Lord is saying that because you humbled yourself under his mighty hand, He's going to exalt you. 
He's going to exalt you in higher places, in higher ways that you could not even imagine. You are who God is looking for. You are that man that God is looking to promote because you have done so with a willing and with a humble heart. So be prepared. Keep your eyes open and hear what the Lord will be saying to you in these coming days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to leave us all with this that God gave me. He says that God has the greater hand. He has the upper hand. And he has the victorious hand. And he always wins. Amen. God is good and God is mighty. God bless you. And we're going to shift now into a time of worship through our offering as I call Pastor Irene. God bless you. Amen. As we transition from the word, that powerful word, to our tithes and offerings, and as you prepare your best gift to the Lord, I want to share this um, word with you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. And as the ushers, you guys can come up. You can stand up here in the front. Let's give it up for our ushers, our youth. Brother Brian and Teresa are doing an awesome job with our youth across the campuses. And um, this right here are our pastors, leaders, prophets, all of the above, right here, what you see. Amen. So uh, back to the word. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And who... Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. In what? In your mind? In your heart. In your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Compulsion, For God loves a cheerful giver. Giving is a matter of the heart. And the Word of God tells us, don't do it out of impulse. Don't do it just, you know. It's something that we pray about, and it's something that we give from our heart. And we know, my brothers and sisters, that what we have is because of God. And He is a generous God, and we should be the same. I want to just um, give you a couple verses. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, a couple announcements. Um, for this week, and I want to first uh, just point out that there are four ways to give. You can give via online at chapelofchange.org. You can give via text, and you can text the number um, on the screen. You can mail in your giving. Some of you online have already sent your giving online, or um, or you, you mail it here to 6701 Alondra Boulevard. Or you can give today in person through the ushers or the debit machine in the back. I also just have a few announcements. I first want to give a shout out to all the Kingsmen in the house. Where's all the Kingsmen? I heard that yesterday at the Kingsmen breakfast in Carson, it was powerful. Shout out to Brother Saul for giving his testimony. And you Kingsmen, you're doing a good job in the house of the Lord. And God is pleased, so continue to lead. Amen. And um, what's that you guys say? Spirit check? Praise the Lord. Also, I just want to give a shout out to the women. <laughs> we have our Women's Abide this Saturday here in Paramount at 9 a.m. So next Saturday, come on over. We have a Women's Abide. We have a powerful um, word by Pastor Sandy. And... Um, you guys know when this woman gets up here, it's power. So I'm excited for uh, next Saturday. Be here early because you don't want to miss out. And you want to get a good parking spot. Um, also, how many of you here are leading a discipleship group? Yes. Amen. 
Thank you, thank you. So in the months of June and July, we are um, going to be getting together in, in our groups, discipleship groups. And we have 46 different groups. You can go online on Zoom. There's groups on Zoom, in person. There's for married couples, single, men, women, um, the youth young adults so there's a group for you out there and the groups is a good time for us to to share and do life together and we are going to be reviewing our core values as a church and one of our core values is we are people who pray so that's going to be the first one we're going to go over we're going to have um, someone teach it on a sunday and then in our groups we'll kind of go in a little bit deeper so do not miss out for those of you online, you can text to our uh, text number and you can text discipleship or you here as well and just uh, text discipleship to that number on the screen and we will send you the list of groups. For those of you here, you can also go to the back. We have a sign up sheet. Don't forget to sign up for a group. Also, Father's Day. How many fathers in the house? Yes. Shout out to the fathers. We have Father's Day celebrations on the 18th and the 19th, Saturday the 18th, Sunday across all of our other campuses. We also have baptisms that day. So if you, those of you, yes, yes. So those of you who have not been baptized, I urge you to sign up in the back. You can talk to one of us, one of the pastors or leaders. We can talk more about what baptisms are. Um, Brother Vaughn over here in the corner, Vaughn, raise your hand. He's going to be leading the class for baptisms. And I just want to urge you, if you haven't been baptized, see us. For those of you who are discipling others, talk to those you're discipling about baptisms. Because baptism is a big win for us, amen, and for Jesus, for the kingdom of God. I also want to just, um, just thank you guys for being here. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today. Father God, we thank you for the word, Lord. And we thank you, Father God, that we can give to your kingdom today, Father God, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you search our hearts for everything, Father God. And when we give, Father God, we want to give from our heart, Father God. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, God bless you. That's where my healing is in prayer. 
If you believe it, put your hands together. The pastor is going to come. They're going to pray with you. As we prepare for prayer, as the blessing is our custom to stand together and to lift our hands together. And this is what the Lord has placed in my spirit. Uh, because this, uh, there's a move of God with his mighty hand on us, uh, I want to encourage you, I'm saying this to all the campuses, to uh, invite seven people. Why? Because there's a lot of pain out there. We're not trying to grab, uh, gather a big crowd for a crowd's sake. That God will lead you to someone that's in pain. And I'm praying that rather it's the midweek service, that as you leave this place, may you give an invitation. Invite someone that the Holy Spirit will guide you to. That needs to move from pain to prayer. And I pray that God would show you. Because he will show up and show out for his glory. So, Father, according to your word, as we stretch our hands and our heart, your word says, beloved, that you love us. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. This is Third John, the epistle of John. And this is my prayer. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, physical health, spiritual health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren, when the family came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, we receive the truth. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy to hear that my children walk in truth walk in the truth of the word today and father we want to say thank you for your presence this morning we receive the blessing of your word this morning and father we come to say thank you for this blessing today thank you for the blessing of your son jesus that went to the cross and bared the pain so that we can be blessed and go to him in prayer we want to say thank you for that blessing that we can enter into the Holy of Holies. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, that you reside in us, that the blessing guides us, your blessing guides us, protects us, directs us, comforts us. We thank you for this blessing. We thank you for the blessing of the word. In the precious name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. God bless you. God bless you online. God bless you. We'll see you this week. God bless you. God bless you.